You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Heller. Um, it's been a somewhat eventful week on Saturday. The Phillies, or I should say Matt Klentak, stepped down from his role as general manager. Um, so that's definitely going to be a focal point of the the Phillies offseason moving forward. Um, they named Ned Rice, uh, you know, temporary GM, but it's unclear whether they'll hire someone before this coming season or whether it'll, it'll wait a year, wait a year, but more on that um, later in the episode, as always, I am joined by my co-host Ty Daubert. Ty, what's going on? Not much. Like you said, you know, Matt Klintak out as GM, Ned Rice in as interim GM and um, big off season coming up for the Phillies. Not exactly the time that you want to, not um, have the person that you want running your organization and running your baseball operations. Uh, In an ideal world, you have the person that you would deem uh, best fit to to run your organization. You'd have that person this offseason because it's a big one. A lot of big free agents uh, leaving the Phillies, Gregorius, Rio Muto, and just a a lot. They, They have some holes to fill. Um, coming up to try to make make it competitive enough to make the postseason before this core starts to get a little bit too old. They they only have what three four years left. Yeah, I'd say I'd say three years maybe of the this core, and then you know guys start to decline and and all that. What's when's Nola's contract up? They have Nola through 2023, so that's that's four years. I would say as long as they have Nola on contract, that's about their window. Yeah, um, agreed. As of now, yeah. like they could always get some prospects right. to pan out and then right. have an upcoming Thanks core. But as of now, that core of of Harper, Hoskins, uh, Nola, Wheeler, Wheeler, yeah, th- those type of players that are all around 27 to 30, but. They only, you only have a few yeah. more years of everybody at their, at the absolute top of their game. So big off season coming up. They have a lot of holes to fill, and ideally, I would think if you're the Phillies, you'd want the person uh, that you think would be overseeing your team for the next uh, half a decade plus to to be the one calling the shots this off season. Who knows if that happens? Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I, uh, John Middleton's presser he he I, I think he said that um it, it'd be up to a year before they hire uh a new GM it could it could be not it would it could be. be yeah 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 it, like it would it will be up to it it could be you know in a few weeks like who knows um and I think was it Jim Salisbury of NBC Sports who wrote about or who mentioned Theo Epstein Epstein um he's under contract for one more year with the Cubs. And then, you know, he's, uh, I, I guess, one of the more respected uh, GMs in the game. He brought a championship to Boston uh, and then he uh, did the same thing for Chicago with the Cubs. The curse breaker. Uh, yeah. He, he breaks curses. And um, so, you know, maybe the Phillies are waiting for him that I think 
Ty, you agree that like that doesn't make sense. There are other guys out there and like just like you said, just like kind of punting this year and saying, all right, we're not going to have, you know, a, a, a high level GM for a whole season. Like what what are you doing when when like you mentioned the players are at their primes right now? Like you can't just like not bring in the best guy available right now. Yeah, I'm, and you know if you're if you want to name Ned Rice the permanent GM, that's one thing. But having an interim GM handle like a, a full year of uh, you know when, when so many important things are going down, that just doesn't seem doesn't seem like the right idea to have the to have the person in there not be the person that you'll want to be there in the future and have them handle free agency the next year's draft uh, next year's trade deadline like it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me and I don't think that's what they'll do either yeah I agree I I think they will hire someone and um I mean we don't have to go go too far into it but are there any names that stick out to you um like I think I don't know if there's any names in particular but I do think they go the experienced GM route um just because uh, usually when we see teams, you know, go one way and it fails, like Matt Plantak was in his, what, his late thirties when they hired him, you know, one of those young, really, yeah, really mid-30. bright guys. Usually, usually when they, when a team does that and it doesn't work, they go the opposite. Also, I mean, look at, they hired Gabe Kapler, didn't work. They hired Joe Girardi. So um, I think they go for, for someone with experience, someone um, whose name carries some weight, but. Yeah, I, I don't know it's a little bit too early to tell it's a little bit tough to tell because there's a lot of people at home who have a lot of opinions on gms and and things like that but you never really know within an organization like who's a a good executive sometimes like especially when they're not the number one guy like the president of baseball operations or the general manager they could be coming from a good organization, but that doesn't mean that they were the ones in there calling the shots. It's tough to tell sometimes. And um, I don't know. I don't know what they do. Maybe they do go the experienced route and go out and hire somebody like Dombrowski? a, like a Dave Dombrowski. Um, may, maybe, you know, Eric Neander from Tampa Bay is uh, a name that you hear a lot with Phillies fans. They would like him. And at this point, I would say he's kind of experienced. He is the current GM and I think vice president uh, for the Rays. So, you know, maybe they give him the president of baseball operations job in Philadelphia. But who knows? It could go a lot of different ways. And I guess we're just going to have to see how it plays out. Yeah, and, and I think, like, the, the smartest thing to do um, – like you said, you know, people, people sit at home and they, they look at names and they, you know, we don't really know who, who's calling the shots where and all, but I do think the smartest thing to do is to hire someone who is coming from a smart organization and like, not just like a low, he has to like go and get the, like Mike Sharanoff from the Indians. He's the GM, make him president of, of baseball operations, like something like that. Someone who, you know, at least has some say and, and, and it's coming from an organization that, you know, they've they've seen you know, the right way to, to do things. Um, but, um, you know, 
I, I don't know. I've heard some someone mentioned the Yankees that they'll they'll try and grab someone from the Yankees, but I, I do think it, it's either they're going to be getting a name or they're going to be getting someone from an organization that has um, you know been one of the, the best in, in baseball. You know, Clintac came from the Angels. I, I there was a Andy McPhail connection there, right? But like he he didn't come from organizations that had really had success. So, um, you know, maybe they go that other route. Um, but moving, moving on, um, you know, before, before we go on to our next, um, our next topic, which is going to be um, who should stay and who should go this offseason, uh, what, what are your overall takeaways from, from Matt Clintock's tenure as a Philly or as a Philly's general, general manager? Yeah, I mean, I think we saw some – improvements with drafting and player development hires over the years he was not exactly put into a great situation with uh with the Phillies being very far behind in uh analytics and other things like that so there was a lot yeah he had to make up for and maybe he didn't do the best job at it but he was definitely put at a disadvantage there um, at the same time, I think you saw a lot of problems with evaluating pitchers, especially the, the Phillies had a lot of trouble with that. Even down to this year, you look at the bullpen, they thought they would, I'm sure they thought they would have a better bullpen than what they had, even if they thought it would be bad. So um, yeah, it definitely, definitely wasn't the greatest tenure of any general manager but, um, you know, it was all right. They, they did some good things under Klintak, but the bottom line was they didn't make the playoffs at all while he was there, and that's ultimately what cost him his job. Yeah, and uh, you've mentioned this before. I think he did a, the drafting the past two or three years has been pretty good. I mean, we're already seeing Alec Bohm was drafted in 2018, correct? And he's, you know, already making an impact. Um, might see the same with with Bryson Stott soon. Um, and overall, those drafts just looked, uh, I think, more well-rounded than than in previous years. Obviously, people will talk about the Moniac pick. Um, you know, it happens. It was a, a a pretty thin draft that year. Like, not a no one who really stuck out. Um, but overall, I I agree. Um, obviously, plenty of mistakes. I think I think the biggest the biggest problem with Clintac's tenure was um, giving out big contracts to guys who, um, you know, maybe shouldn't have got like that shouldn't have been the priority when um, it, like the general manager wasn't willing to go over the luxury tax. Cause I think that's re- really, um, you know, kept them from building a good bullpen this year is, is um, didn't have that much money to spend this off season. And they, they paid Zach Wheeler and like, that was a, a, a great signing. I think Zach Wheeler proved that he's um, a really good top of the rotation pitcher this year. And um, I'm sure he'll, he'll have a, a solid Phillies career, but they didn't have any more money to spend any, anywhere else. And I think you look at like the David Robertson and the Jake Arrieta and the Andrew McCutcheon signings, all fine players. But um, I just think the allocation of money was, was not great. Same with the Carlos Santana signing. Um, not necessarily a bad signing, but, when you're going to be, you know, at a, at a limit financially, you can't just um, keep handing out big deals like that. 
yeah, if, if your ownership is not going to pay the CBT, like you, you can't get away with just signing anybody. Right. And and I think like they went from not really having anyone on payroll to just paying a ton of guys. And I just think, um, you know, like obviously signing Bryce Harper and bringing in Jay T. Romuto and signing Wheeler, like those were all really good moves. And even, you know, bringing in Gene Segura, like they built a good core. It's just um, those, those other moves that I talked about um, kind of kept them like the, the biggest problem. Like I said, the bullpen this year, they couldn't put one together because they didn't have the money to or you know ownership wasn't willing to to spend the money to but yeah i mean i, I don't think matt clentag was a horrible gm but he clearly you know they they didn't make the playoffs today marks uh nine years since the their last playoff game um and you know who knows if they're going to be able to um you know make the playoffs moving forward they have a, the core but um you know some things need to happen uh so Let's get into that now. Um, big offseason coming up. Uh, I think the two biggest guys who are free agents, JT Real Muto and Didi Gregorius. Um, Real Muto, we talked about a lot. Gregorius, I know both of us heading into the season, we weren't super high on on um, how he would play out here just because um, coming off an injury last year, he wasn't great. He, he had a couple of really good years in, in New York as a Yankee, but we just weren't sure um, how that would play out here. I think, I think Didi Gregorius was a, obviously ended up to be a, a really good signing. Um, he was one of the best hitters on the team and he fit really well into the lineup. Um, so let's, I guess, let's just start with him. Uh, do you think the Phillies should go out and, and try to bring him back? And um, you think they will? Yeah. So I think ideally you, extend him a qualifying offer and he probably denies it but who knows it would depend how he thinks the market will shake out this year uh if he doesn't think he can find a good long-term deal maybe he would take that for around 18 million dollars and just come back and try again next offseason but ideally you extend that to him i think and at the very worst, you get uh, you get a draft pick if he signs elsewhere. But if not, like if Gregorius is your is your shortstop for the next three years, like I, I think that I think you're pretty set at the position if you're the Phillies. Like he had a really good year this year, good left-handed power bat, um, and I I just think that he was he was a really solid signing. Uh, coming off the injury he bet on himself and he won that bet it looks like because he did have a really good year and now do I think they will bring him back I I don't I I don't think they'll end up bringing him back I think they'd want somebody that's going to be a little bit cheaper and uh you know I I don't know if that's the the right move but I think that's what's going to happen because he was he was really good but uh, there are some cheap shortstop options out there, I guess. So we'll have to see. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. You, you extended the quali- qualifying offer, get the draft pick. Um, and so th- there are a couple of factors at play here, right? So I don't think Gregorius is going to take the quali- qualifying offer only because if you look at the, the class, the shortstop free agent class next year, you have 
uh, Javier Baez, Francisco Lindor, Trevor Story, uh, Corey Seager, and Carlos Correa. So you have five of the top shortstops in baseball set to be free agents. I don't think Gregorius wants to um, put himself in a situation where even if he has a, a really good 2021 season, that he's the, you know, the sixth best option at his position available in that offseason. And I'm sure you know a couple guys of those guys will get extended by their own teams. But still, um, I'm sure he's going to look for a multi-year deal. Um, I agree with you. I think they should bring him back because anywhere else you go, unless you trade for someone, which they don't really have the assets to do, uh, it's going to be a downgrade. Um, they could maybe sign Marcus Semien, who you know had a, a really, really awesome 2019 season. Otherwise, has been a, a you know he would be a step down offensively from Gregorius because that that season does look like a, an outlier for sure. Um, another factor at play is that Bryson Stott, um, the Phillies' first-round draft pick in 2019, a shortstop, he, you know, he spent time at the alternate site this year, I think. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to be ready to, to start next season, but, um, you know, maybe they're not looking to sign Gregorius or anyone for, for three years because they expect Stott to be the full-time starting shortstop starting in 2022. Uh, so I, I agree with you that they should bring Gregorius back, but I don't, I don't think they do. Um, I think they end up looking someone cheaper. Um, I, I doubt they bring Freddie Gallus back, although that would be, that would be fun. Um, you know, maybe like a Jonathan VR or like Andrelson Simmons. I don't know what he commands, but um, you know, they'll, they'll probably go a, a cheaper route or, or they won't sign anyone at all. Right. Cause they could move Segura back to shortstop. They could move Kingery to shortstop. Um, it, that really depends on if they're willing to play Kingery full time, but um, I would lean towards no on. Um, but but moving on to to the next guy, we'll talk about Real Muto. So um, he's obviously the biggest name. I think you know you you traded your top prospect for him, and I know that's kind of like that mindset might be wrong. It's like just because you traded for a guy doesn't mean you have to re-sign him because it could be, you know, a, a bad contract. But I think at this point, even if you sign him to a, a four or five year deal in the last two or three years of that uh, contract are not good. Like we said earlier, the, the core, there's not that much time left on this core and you have to kind of go all in on the core that you have here. And I think um, bringing back the best catcher in baseball is probably um, the, the, the best way to do that. So um, I think they should bring him back. I think they'll prioritize, prioritize bringing him back. But uh, based on what Middleton said at, at his presser, he, you know, basically said he wasn't, wasn't sure about spending money, especially if there aren't going to be fans next season. So I don't know if they will. I like they should, but I really don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think they should bring him back unless, unless he's, getting like a six-year deal from somewhere else and as the Phillies do you think you can sign uh, another really good player to fill another hole I know George Springer from the Astros is somebody that we've talked about if if Real Muto's getting like a really long deal and you you think you can get Springer and he'd he'd fill a different hole for you like maybe you let Real Muto walk and uh and you sign Springer I think that would be close to a lateral move um, 
I know Real Muto's the best at his position, but catchers do not age well. Like that's a that's a concern. Even you know, I I would think that next year he'll still be good, but once he hits like 31, 32, like who really know, who really knows how he's going to age? That's a he catches a lot of a lot of innings in the last two seasons he's been hurt near the end of the year. So I, I think that's a concern. Not that Drew Springer hasn't been hurt, but um, I think I think one thing to consider with with Springer too is um, just like thinking about well, looking at the Phillies lineup this year, their biggest hole was was in center field. So you know, theoretically, if you if you bring in Springer to play center field and he's one of the top top hitters at that position, and then you aren't able to to you know bring in a catcher who hits near as well as Ezreal Muto it's like it, it kind of is a, a pretty even trade-off I think looking at it positionally too because you know Hazley and, and Quinn um, and Moniak obviously didn't really hit this year so you're up could be a ma- massive upgrade and at one position and then and Kingery right a massive upgrade at one position and, and down yeah and I, I would think Springer's probably a better hitter than Real Muto uh, his defense isn't going to be as good as Real Muto's is behind the plate so you know, maybe you take that trade off and then you look for a, a one-year kind of guy like James McCann or uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head whether what other catchers are going to be free agents, but I I don't know what they're what they're gonna do. I, I I'm leaning towards thinking that they bring Real Mito back. Uh, I I just think that because he you know the Phillies do have a need at catcher without him. It's not like there's um, anyone ready to step in and be nearly as good as he is. Um, I think that makes them likely uh, makes the Phillies the most likely candidate and the team that makes the most sense for him to sign with. But um, I wouldn't be shocked if they don't, if they don't bring him back either. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, if, like you said, if a team just goes six years on him, like if, if the Mets, just just go all out and and offer him a six-year 180 million dollar deal there's not much the Phillies can do you you can't just um you know spend an an infinite amount of money if if they're not willing to go over the luxury tax um if they are it's a it's maybe another discussion but as as far as we've seen they aren't so um you have to manage the money you have wisely um and and by the way just to mention um Based on their their contracts for next year and the likely you know non tenders and and our numbers, it, it looks like they'll have like sixty million in room, sixty million dollars in room um, below the tax. So it's like a little bit to work with, but um, who knows? Even if they you know spend all of that, like Middleton said, he he might not. So we'll see. Uh, but moving on to the next position player, this is a more minor one, but um, you know Jay Bruce has been a, a really good bat for the Phillies to have when he's healthy. Um, I don't know, like if they, they obviously don't prioritize bringing him back, but, um, maybe on just a cheap deal as a bench bat. Uh, what do you think for Bruce? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know with him probably not just because he hasn't been healthy that that's what I would expect that he's not back, but if nobody else is really looking for him, maybe, maybe it's like a like a Tommy Hunter type of thing where it got close to spring training and both sides were like, well, we're just going to, we're going to 
run it back for one more year because we couldn't find anything else that really uh, that really fit. So may, maybe it's that type of thing with Bruce. Um, I'm not really sure exactly where they go, especially with all his injuries. But if they don't bring him back, they'll probably sign somebody that is sort of like him, like the like the left-handed bench power bat. But maybe maybe it is him that's back. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't like it. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Um, I think based on what we saw this past season that Andrew McCutcheon is, unless, you know, he's still, you know, working his way back and kind of like this year because he was just removed from the surgery or just removed from the recovery. Maybe he he's a little quicker next year, but what we saw this year, he's, he's really probably going to be the full-time DH because he was just really slow in left field um, and it hurt them and they, they need someone who can, who can play the field. So um, I think if they do, unless they feel more confident about McCutcheon playing left field next year, they're not going to sign someone just to be a DH. They're going to probably sign, um, you know, a guy who can play left, even if it's platooning um, with, with McCutcheon, Brad Miller, maybe, Um, you know, who knows, but um, yeah. And that's also assuming there is a DH next year, which I think they're, uh, that's obviously not official, but I think there will be, I think, Kind of everyone. Yeah, I I think there's going to be. Yeah, it was I I liked it, and I think, um, you know, it gives gives another guy a job. So, all right. So next thing we're gonna do is dive into. There are four relievers who um, are going to be uh, free agents. Definitely going to be free agents. So that's Brandon Workman, Jose Alvarez, Tommy Hunter, and Blake Parker. Out of those four guys, the only one I really think they um, should maybe prioritize is Jose Alvarez because not that you can't find guys like him, but uh, with all the bullpen woes the past two seasons, he's been the one really, really steady guy. I know he was hurt for the latter half of this year, but I I, I think they work to bring him back. Um, I don't think they bring, bring Workman back because um, it was Workman's gone. Workman. Yeah, it, was, gone. it was a disaster this year. And then um, as far as Hunter and Parker go, like it's a toss up. Uh, Parker was really good this year. Hunter had, had a good stretch um, towards the beginning of the season. So, you know, maybe they do. Both of those guys would be insanely cheap. So I, I, I think that. I think Alvarez is the only one back. Maybe Parker. Okay. Yeah. I it's, think they it, should bring Alvarez back. You said you can find those guys. Uh, right. Apparently not. They, right, right. They, could not, they could not do that. So I think when you have when you have one of them, someone with the ability yeah. to get outs, I think you should probably you gotta keep you gotta keep them. Yeah, and I, it'll be interesting because um, there's gonna be more non-tenders and, and stuff this season with a lot of teams trying to cut payroll. So like it will the market will be somewhat flooded with with a lot of I think like cheaper relievers and stuff. So. You know, outside of Alvarez, I agree. None of those guys, you know, maybe Hunter and, and Parker are back, but maybe not. Um, so that is all of the um, free agents. So uh, we're going to go into the guys who have, how have options or um, are heading into arbitration and maybe won't be tendered a contract. Uh, Jake Arrieta, player option. He's not going to be back. Well, like, that's not like a real player option. I mean, yeah. sorry, team option. Even that, right. it was a weird right. it was, contract. Yeah. I don't know if it's a real team yeah. team option either. He yeah, won't be he won't, back. Yeah, 
regardless, he won't be back either way. Um, not really anything else to say about that. David Robertson, same thing. One year, $12 million. He could be back. Option. He could be back on a cheaper deal, but he won't be back on that option. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's back on, on the cheaper deal. You're right. Um, an interesting one is David Phelps. So um, for several years, David Phelps has been like a really steady reliever, really good. Um, and the Phillies acquired him this season and he uh, was a kind of a disaster. He has a four and a half million dollar option next year. Um, so what do you think? I think they probably pick it up just because he has the track record of being good. Um, I think you chop that up to small sample size, why it was so bad in Philadelphia and with the Phillies. Um, I, I, I think somebody with a track record like that, who has been really good and was even good to start the season, like really good. Um, I, I think you would, you would take the chance. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you can't really base any much of anything off a 10 game sample size, even as bad as it was. And four and a half million dollars, like that's pretty cheap um, for what he has been before he came to the Philly. So I think they, they should pick it up, especially it's not like they have a ton of good relievers who will take his place. Like, I, I think they pick it up. Um, yeah, agreed. Agreed. And the, the last player option is is Hector Neris. It's seven million dollars. Team option. Team option. Sorry, last team option. Hector Neris. I think they pick him up. Uh, he, you know, some people have problem with Hector Neris because he's not always lights out. It's all. It's always a little interesting, and he wasn't great this year. Um, and that's magnified by the the somewhat small sample size of sixty games, like one bad stretch. Um, makes your makes your numbers look bad and that's what you remember but he's been he's the longest tenured Philly and he's been one of their best relievers for um, several years and you know he's a some would argue that he's a wall of famer so um, I think they bring him back yeah I think they bring him back too maybe not on that option but I think he'll be back uh, in at some number I don't like he's just been too good who do you find better for seven million dollars, like in free agency? I don't think you can. Nobody. Yeah. So I have seen some people saying that they should not or you know not pick up the option. Like Ty said, maybe they rework it and try and get it a little cheaper. But he'll be back. Um, so that's all the, the team options, and then um, there are a few guys in arbitration. Uh, we'll start with uh, Heath Henry in his third year of arbitration. What do you think? Unless they can work something for like super stop, cheap. Stop. Don't even say unless they can work something. He's not back. If they There's can no way. If they can settle outside of arbitration for like a million dollars or did a you million watch, and a did half. Did you watch him pitch this year? Yeah, I did. He was really <laughs> bad. He's so bad. They're not bringing him back. There's no way. Actually. I'd say probably not. But if he comes yeah. back for like, if he will agree to a deal for like a million or a million and a half dollars, I would not be shocked to see him come back. Yeah, maybe. Um, Probably not, though. Yeah. Adam Morgan, I don't think he's back. It's his third year of arbitration. He hasn't been, like, consistent enough. And it's, you know, third year of arbitration probably set to make, like, I don't know, three million, two and a half, three. That one's up in the air. Yeah. Um, David Hale. He'll be back. Yeah, he was good. He was fine. Yeah, he wasn't like, bad. They never yeah. really threw him until the end of the year. 
yeah but he was he was fine totally fine um then here's a tough one i know uh reese hoskins first year of arbitration they should extend him i agree i think so there are two guys two guys i think the Phillies should work on extending this year this offseason it's reese hoskins who's entering his first year of arbitration and zach eflin who's who's entering his second year of arbitration um, if you can extend them like a year or two beyond their ARB deals and, and, you know, give them a little raise for the next couple of years. And then, you know, it would be cheaper for you, you'd assume the, the last couple of years than, than if they hit free agency. Um, I think they should explore that. Um, and then Andrew Knapp, second year of arbitration. They yeah, have he'll to be back. back. He'll be back. He was, he was awesome this year. Um, and he might be the starting catcher next year. So, uh, yeah, watch out. Um, and then, so Eflin, I mentioned, he's back, year two of arbitration. Um, and then Vince Velasquez, third year, he made, or he was set to make $3.6 million this year. So you assume it's like four-ish, a little over four, maybe five. You bring Velasquez back at that number? Yeah, I think so. I I just don't see where you're getting, like, on, on the free agent market at least, I don't see where you're getting, like, a capable swingman type of guy for, like, four and a half million dollars i'd figure that's what he gets something yeah. like that yeah i mean rick porcello made 10 million dollars this year like, yeah well like where i know a lot of people are like are saying to let him go but i just don't see where you're getting that for much cheaper yeah and and you know we saw this year there are questions they're losing arietta i know arietta wasn't great but he was when he was healthy he was you know he was their third starter um he was a guy who pitched every fifth day and they're not going to have that so um, you know, they're assuming Spencer Howard can slot in, but, you know, beyond that, um, I, maybe they, they try to sign a, a veteran uh, starting pitcher, but even then with injuries, um, who's, is, is Medina really the only other major league ready-ish starter? Maybe Damon Jones, but like they would have called up Damon Jones this year if they were. Yeah, it's Medina. Yeah. So I think I think having Velasquez around in that swingman role, I agree, he's a good piece to have. Um, I don't know though if they bring him back at at, a, at five million dollars, but they you know. retweet, so maybe not. What's that? They the team reads the tweets, so maybe not. Oh, that's true. They do read the tweets. Um, yeah, so that's everyone. Um, and I think this off season is going to be it's obviously going to be based on what they can um, do based on who they, they are able to bring back. Obviously if they can't bring back real Muto, you have to find a catcher. If they can't bring back um, Gregorius, you have to find a shortstop and no matter what happens, they have to bolster the bullpen. Like those are, those are the three biggest things I think this off season. Yeah. I, I think those are pretty obvious, yeah, pretty, <laughs> But they are super important for next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that'll do it for this episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, and we'll be back next week. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.